Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to another episode of the Raz and Ridge podcast. Uh, this is Raz. And this is Ridge. Welcome. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying our podcast so far. Uh, we are already on to a fourth episode. So Mashallah. that means, alhamdulillah, we're a month in. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. We didn't expect this to uh, to really kick off like it did. And alhamdulillah, thank you for your support. People are enjoying these uh, talks and these discussions that we're having. Our last episode, of course, was based on pregnancy. Uh, but we're looking at it more from a sort of a cultural, religious perspective. And I think that's the sort of angle we want to give to these things. Because if you look online, again, you'll find so much information from... All the details and all the yeah. do's and don'ts of pregnancy. Exactly, exactly. And I think we need something which is a little bit more distinguished, something that stands out and something which is a bit more real to us in our lives. So this week's episodes, Ridge, uh, do you want to give a summary? So I think, inshallah, assalamu alaikum everyone, first of all. Um, I think initially... We want to just talk about, uh, so we talked about pregnancy last week. So we want to talk a little bit about the postpartum period after pregnancy, what it's like, what to expect, um, some of the challenges. Uh, we would like to tackle the controversial issue of breastfeeding because I know that's something which a lot of um, women debate or struggle with or aspire to do and then they can't do. So it's just something which I thought we would we would speak about as well. Great, and uh, thank you for your suggestions because this was something that actually people mentioned, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't... Well, we weren't sure whether we were going to do this part of... Um, because still, technically, we really haven't really touched upon parenting yeah. as yet. But it's good. I suppose the Rise and Ratio can sort of uh, expand beyond that. Maybe we should change our tagline to the family, Muslim family show. I don't know. Uh, it's still parenting. I mean, it's it sort is. of... You have a newborn, it's still parenting. It is parenting. It is parenting. So, okay. Um, what did you want to start with? So initially, I wanted to talk about the period after you have a baby. So the postpartum period, we talked about it last week. We said how women can struggle with depression, with mm, baby blues. Mm. There's a lot of hormonal changes going on. So I suggested that, you know, husbands, if your wife is being irrational or crying or just acting crazy after she's given birth, please put up with that. Please be patient. Please give her love. But... I also wanted to, I was, I was just reading up a few interesting studies about postpartum practices around the world. And it's really interesting because in countries like Japan, Mexico, China, India, Pakistan, women have a lot of support after the baby is born. In fact, in some of these countries, the woman doesn't get much support during pregnancy because that's just seen as she's pregnant. But it's really after she has the baby that the woman is given that status and that, um, that help and that nurturing, which is really interesting because here in the UK, for example, or in the West generally, when a woman is pregnant she gets she does get support in a bus for example people might give her a seat or people might be extra kind to her or they're smiling at her when she's walking around with her baby bump once she's had the baby i feel like that support just all disappears you kind of left to your own uh, devices you know um but that's interesting because if you look at the trains and if you look at the buses the signs say pregnant ladies get priority yeah very few i say you know ladies with young children or babies i know. mean i suppose they say pregnancy and children ch- yeah pregnancy and children but i think it's that newborn period where you're left you come home from the hospital and you've got a baby and now it's like now what it's you your husband and you're left with this baby and you have no idea where to begin what to do it's very overwhelming if it's your first child mm-hmm. okay so um what aspect of this particular new period did you want to talk about i mean one of the interesting things is um you know if you're a muslim from the very first uh set you know from the get-go uh you're, you're supposed to put something sweet in the child's mouth you remember that yeah, yeah. so um 
there's a lot of studies now talking about honey because previously honey was fine, right? Uh, and now it's it just a little by the by. You thought about this yeah. when we're talking about it, but no, now they say it, that honey you should be you should avoid till age one because it causes botulism. Mm. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. but dates we did we, we did dates we crushed yeah. the we just a bit of date just a bit of the syrup of the date to be yeah. honest uh, and that's and you know and, and they used to like it so going on to breastfeeding then yeah um, so I this was one of the hardest mm. things about having a newborn and it's something which nobody ever has prepared I don't mean nobody prepared me for it and now when I meet mums who are pregnant and they ask advice one of the first things I say is if you're planning on breastfeeding it's hard so just be prepared for it to be a struggle it is really really tough it's not this sort of um sort of fantasy thing where you've just got your baby and you're snuggled up and it's just really peaceful it's really it's brutal in the first couple of weeks getting the hang yeah. of it each feed drains uh, hundreds of calories right yeah it's, i mean that's an advantage just, of breastfeeding isn't uh, it no but it that's, also shows you that it's um it's draining it's no it's draining just, of course yeah. it's draining so um because <clears throat> one of the biggest mistakes that people make and women make especially at the start is they think that the baby is not getting milk there's no milk being produced and they get put off by that right but that's yeah. the colostrum that's just the yeah. nutritious material that comes out first uh, and after a couple of days then you get the full milk production yes so i mean first of all alhamdulillah i breastfed all three children mm-hmm. uh, i think the boys i breastfed about uh, over a year and mariam she was the longest mashallah two and a half years she was wow, breastfeeding yeah she just refused to stop <laughs> tried everything but you know wow. so alhamdulillah mm-hmm. i breastfed all the children I think what really Ex- we're, we're talking about exclusive as well exclusive right? yeah I never gave so formula so we never use formula at all no and then around five yeah. months gave solids then yeah. start six, six months five, I, five six. I, I started about five months yeah but yeah okay. five months yeah um, but yeah the guidelines technically say six months mm-hmm. um, I started them all about five months but uh, yeah was, uh, just breast milk and then food um, and then after age one I introduced cow's milk so um, we never alhamdulillah went down the formula route but one thing which helped me to breastfeed was I because I like my research you know I love reading all the studies and all the science behind everything so something which really truly helped me was to understand how your body makes breast milk what happens in the first couple of days what day so so that's for example a lot of people say that they start giving formula within the first week because they don't have any milk and it's interesting because actually you don't get milk in the first couple of days it's colostrum as you mentioned which is that rich Mm. substance which Mm. is absolute absolute liquid gold for the baby Mm. so even if you're not planning on breastfeeding long term at least those first couple of days i mean that sh- is something which should be given to the baby what's the what's the islamic stance on this and what do you what have you come across is there much available out there um obviously i'm not asking you to give uh, a, a opinion but when you were looking out for stuff did you find that there was much material available out there for muslim women who want to breastfeed so i always took breastfeeding personally as a divine responsibility i said i thought mm-hmm. this is something which is mandated in the quran in Surah Al-Baqarah, uh, Allah says that mothers may breastfeed their children for two years, but it does say whoever wishes to complete that. So it's not, I mean, I, it's not necessarily, uh, is it an obligation? I don't know if it's an mm. obligation or not. The main thing is, of course, um, in the time of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi used to have wet nurses. That was quite common. So, But they still got breastfed in some way or another. They did, yes. They did. Uh, but I suppose at the time you didn't have things like formula. No, you didn't have things. you didn't have things uh, like that. That in itself is controversial. I, you know, I think. Um, do you think husbands have a say with breastfeed, breastfeeding? Um, I think husbands. You mean what can they? Yeah, can tell they their say, wife to breastfeed? Yeah, yeah. Do you think? Or you know? Or do you think they they do they have any say at all? 
That's a very controversial thing to say in this day and age. Can yeah. a husband tell his wife to do anything? Not because, tell, but do you but, reckon uh, he, he should be part of the conversation? He, I think he should be part of the conversation. I mean, Islamically, if she doesn't want to breastfeed, then mm-hmm. he can provide a, a wet nurse and he has uh, he will provide the clothing and the maintenance for that mm-hmm. for that wet nurse. But of course, we don't really have that concept no, now. No, we it's don't kind really of weird. Have, yeah, <laughs> it is, it, it is yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. But I think the husband should be part of it. I think actually the husband should be part of the discourse because... A lot of times I've heard, um, especially the older generation, say they could not breastfeed because their husbands had too many demands in terms of they wanted a spotless house and they wanted a a feast Mm, cooked for them. mm. And it's very difficult because when you're breastfeeding, one of the main things is you're literally, you're stuck sitting down and you just have to breastfeed, I mean, for hours at a time. So you're not going to have time to be whipping Mm. up your 10 dishes and things. So I think this is something which a husband needs to understand that in the first couple of months, if the woman is breastfeeding, that is her main role. Not to yeah. be looking after him, yeah. like, as we said in the last episode. Yeah. The men should be independent. It's yeah. the, the babies who need the nurturing and looking after. Yeah, yeah. Um, so from that perspective, I think husbands should be involved in the discussion. Mm. And of course, all this sort of physical, mental strain, it, it can actually result in re- reduced milk production anyway. So it's, yeah. um, it's not just a matter of having time to breastfeed, but putting all these extra pressures on, on a woman's body can create problems with, with breastfeeding and producing milk. Um, but of course, there are the... the I'm, you know, I'm, as a, as a doctor anyway, I'm very pro-breastfeeding. But that's with the advice that you can give. Ultimately, the decision is, you know, you uh, that's only so much you can say and in, 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 in advise. But from a medical point of view, uh, breastfeeding has incredible benefits. Some studies have shown it can be preventative for various uh, issues like uh, eczema and uh, asthma, hay fever, these sort of things. Uh, it prolongs uh, immunity. In fact, some studies have recently shown that breastfeeding can uh, provide uh, long, uh, lifelong immunity to to babies, and there's something there which is beautiful. Then, um, not we, you know, we're talking about medical advantage there of breastfeeding, but what about the physical proximity? The thing is, I think there's this huge shift because men and women are equally busy now. Um, there's this, there's a shift now where uh, equally we have um, we don't have the sort of like we were talking about last time we don't have the traditional roles anymore right no. so it's very much we, we very much have houses which are 50 50 in terms yeah. of the way they run so what often ends up ha- happening is either the woman if she chooses to breastfeed she will pump that milk yeah and then the father will give it half the time or at night or whatever um or if that's too difficult from the outset they'll be like no i don't want to do this i just want to go straight to formula fine that's you know that's a personal decision but you know, uh, my personal opinion on, on that, and I think what we both agree uh, as a couple is that um, that that has implications for for the child in different ways. Sure, it may help the family overall because there might be other things yeah. like you know, like career goals or aspirations, whatever, and it just may physically not be possible. Some women can't actually do it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you are choosing to breastfeed, then there are other perks, things like physical closeness. Yeah, the physical proximity you know, of um, uh, of breastfeeding. Yeah. And lots of studies have shown that that can actually lead to you know close emotional bonds between yeah. a mother and and child and, and they, like that. they also say that if the baby is unwell the woman's body will detect it via the baby's saliva and change the composition of the breast milk it's amazing which is yeah. amazing subhanallah mm. it's truly a miracle from allah but saying that so you know i'm a, so these are all the pros these are the pros so i'm a very big breastfeeding advocate yeah having alhamdulillah done it myself and mm. i know the struggles and it was certainly not difficult not easy sorry it was a huge mm. struggle yusha was the hardest i yeah. talked last week about how his pregnancy was really difficult his mm. breastfeeding journey subhanallah again he just wouldn't latch on and he would just 
just drink and cry, drink and cry. He'd fuss through in mm. his whole feeds. Then he has he had cow's milk protein allergy, which was mm. a nightmare in itself. So I couldn't have dairy for months at a time. So it was it but was really a, tough. A, alleged cow's milk. No, it was. <laughs> we we had debates about this. I wasn't convinced, but uh, every time I had something with dairy, he would he would be up yeah, all night screaming. So true. um, and that's the other thing with these these you know breastfeeding is not just a physical drink, but a night is the sleep, isn't it? Oh yes, because they have course. to wake up, and if you are direct breastfeeding. Then really, it just falls on the mom. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, sure. The you know, I think when it becomes very difficult, there have been cases with you know, with our children, for example, where uh, eventually I would give bottles at night. The pump, really I'd pump the milk, the out, pump, yeah. and then we do it. But then, uh, mostly, is it's you who who, are do, who was doing it directly, uh, bre- breast to baby, and um, yeah. that resulted in I, I think you slept in like years. But, I know, <laughs> mashallah. But yeah, okay. So carry on. Yeah. So I, I wanted to say, so I what? Well, I am a very big bre- uh, breastfeeding advocate, but then I just I feel I've also if you look at the other side of the coin, there's a big movement now because you know the, the breast is best movement was huge in the yeah. past couple of probably past decade. Before that formula was quite pushed um, in the UK, for example. But then the, the whole breastfeeding uh, movement has resurfaced. But now there's a third movement coming up, which is fed is best because actually mm. you you want to have a healthy baby, which is fed. You, what's the point of having a breastfeed breastfed baby and the mother is miserable, the baby is losing weight. And mm. I think something again this is a taboo topic but breastfeeding really really has from what i've seen even from close people and cousins and relatives and breastfeeding really has had a terrible impact on the mother's mental health so that's something which if you know i would just want to say that and there's a lot of women who truly truly genuinely wanted to breastfeed and just they couldn't for whatever reason they felt miserable they felt like failures as mothers that's, so this that's is a big point. it is a big mm, point so mm. i think this is whilst you know we would start off by advocate um, advocating breastfeeding if your mental health is struggling and if you physically can't yeah if you physically can't or if you if it's it's difficult it's yeah. a, it's a yeah. difficult one it's difficult because how do you know when to give up how do you know when to just keep pers- persevering a little bit it's not an easy decision to make yeah but you know i think if you're making a lifestyle choice you got to really balance the benefit between um you know the the, the sort of pros and cons that you're delivering to the child yeah. um uh, and uh, there, there's lots of controversies around formula milk themselves. You know, um, we're again we're talking about organic versus versus um, chemical, artificial. Yeah, yeah. artificial. Yeah. Um, and there was lots of there was a huge controversy with with Nestle when they were promoting uh, their formula milk years uh, ages ago, and uh, especially in third world countries, yeah. which is kind of a term that's being uh, phased out now. You know, in the sort of underdeveloped countries um, where. Uh, there is no source of clean uh, water. Yes. And so you're you're pushing this agenda of formula milk where there's no clean water and then then you get uh, babies dying of cholera and and whatnot and, and that's a huge disaster. So... You know, again, I think it depends on your individual situation. It depends on your community. It depends where you live. You know, all these factors. All these factors, And uh, yeah. formula milk isn't cheap, right? No. No, it's not cheap either. You know, that's another added expense. And babies themselves, you know, it all adds up. So that's something you do have to... Uh, bear in mind but then but formula fed babies from what I've heard sleep through the night mm. and, you know that yeah. is that is a big it's like having a big fat donor kebab if you're an adult and then you just you're so full you, you fall asleep sleep right through the night. Uh, because they're very calorific there's, yeah. there, they're heavier, there's, uh, it's heavier breast milk is digested a lot easier but mm. then I mean it just depends like I said for me it was sort of a divine mm. commandment so I thought I so took that upon that. myself um, mm. but but you know, I think those listening who feel like, oh, have I made the right decision or haven't I made the right decision? 
don't beat yourself over. This is this is. It. I think this is the point we're saying. Yeah. If yeah. you want, if you want to breastfeed, first of all, I would definitely encourage it, and I would say go for yes. it. And I would, and if it's if you're pregnant with your first baby, I would say it's be prepared for the struggles, be prepared for how difficult it is. Yeah. But persevere, inshallah. But at the same mm. time, if you have to switch to formula or supplement with formula, then alhamdulillah as well. That's your baby's. That's fine. Ultimately, fine. Your baby, you know, your your and your baby's well being uh, take precedent there. So that's that is important. I was breastfed um, as a baby. You were formula fed as a baby, yeah, and I yeah. mean, well, yeah. we don't know. You don't know how, how what sort of effect that has internally. You know, we don't know. You yeah, don't know. I mean, true. maybe we'll find out because these things they matter. Things like childhood, you know, um, childhood diets are now being shown to cause disease later on in life. We don't know about that. But like I said, you know, the, being breastfed causes lifelong immunity for, in some cases. So, Allah alam. Um, but it's a definitely an interesting discussion to be had. But on this topic of breastfeeding, um, what about breastfeeding in, in public? Like as a Muslim woman, as a hijabi, or you yeah. wear a jilbab as well, mashallah. So. Uh, some may not. So uh, generally, what do you think? Because uh, that's another big movement now, right? That uh, let breast women breastfeed in public. Stop well, shaming them because well, it's a natural a, thing. Yeah, well, in the secular world, of course. I mean, you have women who can be exposed in swimsuits and things like that. But then if they're breastfeeding, they're shamed and they're told mm. to leave shops and things. So, of course, I would mm. support that movement yeah. because mm. you're feeding a baby. It's the most natural thing ever. Yeah. For me personally, obviously, as a Muslim woman, so like I said, first baby I, with Musa, I, I struggled. And one of the things which contributed to uh, myself feeling lonely and isolated was that when we would go out, I would go to the toilet and breastfeed. And that's really depressing mm. when you're stuck with a baby who's in the toilet. You know, it's not even mm. hygienic. And it's, it's really depressing, especially mm. if you go out with like a group of people. You're like mm. the only one who has to keep going to the bathroom and breastfeed. But um Third time round with Yusha. I don't know why I didn't do this with the other kids. I got a nursing cover and I would just continue. It's great. Yeah. You don't, you, know, you don't know what's going on in there. It's great. <laughs> you're just, you yeah, you're, just, you're fully covered. So yeah, yeah. I would definitely say, again, if you're, uh, yeah, if you're going to be breastfeeding, invest in a nursing cover because it's it's a lifesaver. It's a bit harder, I suppose, in sort of extended families then. Uh, where you might have conservative parents around or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a different. Um, and that's hurdle. a different. But then again, I think you know, I if there's people listening who come from you know sort of older generations, I think you have to try and understand that you have to be very understanding with this type of thing and yeah. not put pressure on uh, you know daughter-in-laws or wives and things uh, because it's a whole new world and they need all the support they can get and that, that's really important. That's, well, I've that's also heard important. of cases where mother-in-laws don't want their daughter-in-laws to breastfeed because the mother-in-laws mm. are saying that how are you going to do all the house chores if you're breastfeeding? Mm. And again, a woman's primary responsibility in the first few months postpartum is not to look after her husband and you know baby him or baby the in-laws yeah. it's to look after this baby it's yeah. such an in- you're enormous- taking away like if somebody especially wants to breastfeed yeah uh, then you're taking away a huge um, it's the huck of the child isn't it you're right a huge right of it's the, the right of the child yeah. to yeah. to be breastfed um, or to be fed wait but- isn't uh, also going back on that isn't there something about uh, men being grateful for women breastfeeding the the, the child yeah that's um what, what is that if a couple gets divorced the man still has to uh give her a stipend and pay for her while she's breastfeeding his child yeah because he's because he's doing that, her a service yeah, he's doing she, him a service so yeah, yeah. Mm. so the, so yeah absolutely so there can be lots of difficulties around uh breastfeeding and i don't know maybe we missed out a couple of elements of that uh what do you think uh we are obviously clearly biased here a little bit but there are people and we have to understand that there are people who probably really want to breastfeed and their body just can't let them yeah 
that's not a failure on your behalf. That's, yeah, we uh, want to please. Allah. We're not yeah, trying to yeah, shame absolutely. anybody. We're not doing yeah. shaming any formula babies or anything no, like nothing. that. It's the last no. thing which we want to do. It's not. It's, uh, this starts off as a personal choice. And, yeah. But in some cases, it may not be a personal choice. And that's absolutely fine. You know, it's all fine, ultimately. Um, but we are talking why we made the choices yeah. we made. Um, One thing I which, uh, which I want to uh, add is that I've heard people as well say that how are they going to explain to older children if they're breastfeeding younger babies? Right. So, okay. So, um, would you... Did you, I can't remember. Did, yeah, you still use nursing cover, didn't you, with well, the other kids? No, well, Musa was uh, 20 months when Mariam was born. So, mm. he was a toddler. So, he had no, no idea, no mm. understanding. In fact, uh, he used to get really jealous. The first couple of times he saw me breastfeeding Mariam, he'd mm. start slapping himself. <laughs> it was so funny. Great videos. He's great just videos, slapping yeah. himself and just yeah. sobbing. Uh, poor kid. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, because for a child... Uh, breastfeeding is like that's the ultimate sign of love yeah. if they've been breastfed right and so then, then when somebody else comes and takes really, that place that's huge it is huge <laughs> poor so, thing poor <laughs> but um, yeah. when Yusha came around so Yusha was so Musa how old were they yeah, well, well, uh, four and six, year, six and four, yeah. six and four. So yeah, I, I would just explain to them. I said, this is what Allah has created. Mm. You know, the mother has uh, gives milk. We're mammals. We'd you know, yeah. homeschooling by then, so we were. They knew all about the different categories of animals, and they knew that mammals give their babies milk. And yeah. so she just explained it, and yeah. and they were they were fine, they're with, fine it. with it. They're fine with it. And I think sometimes our culture push, pushes excessive modesty, and you don't need to hide mm. the fact that you're breastfeeding you know that it's so oh, hide yeah. in the room it's okay like even kind, if yeah if, yeah kind of like ramadan when you have to hide the fact that you're you're on a period uh and you're not fasting, yeah. You're not fasting. Yeah, yeah i, I yeah. mean again that's not something which i would hide from my mm. sons necessarily you don't yeah. have to flaunt it in their face no but they should but they, be they should be the understanding they should be the understanding yeah, of course yeah. um but then but then obviously musa and Maryam they were four and six but what if musa was a teenager yeah i would Use a nursing cover then I would of yeah. course I would so As they get older right? You do yeah. have to sort of cover But you don't have to Hide the fact that I definitely think That should not Hinder you from breastfeeding The fact that no. you have Older children Of course not yeah. Because again It's the right of the newborn yeah. So just because you have Excessive modesty issues yeah. You shouldn't ha- Not breastfeed your child mm-hmm. If okay. you want to If you want to That's it I keep yeah. saying if you want to Because I do It is a It is Somewhat a choice Yeah Yeah Absolutely I Um yeah, I mean that in itself is a very controversial discussion in itself, isn't it? Anyway, but it is ultimately it is everything's a choice now, isn't it? So yeah, um, but okay. I would say res- like mm-hmm. I said, research. If you if you do want to breastfeed, something which helped me a lot was all the scientific research. For example, um, your body produces two types of milk, so you have the f- um, four milk, which is like the sugary water at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then hind hind milk, mm-hmm. and the hind milk has all the fat, and that's the good stuff. So um, people every time the baby would cry, some people would say just put the baby on the breast and just feed the baby. And that actually is quite detrimental because if you just, every time the baby's crying, after the first couple of days go yeah, by, yeah. If you're, the baby's going to be snacking and then the baby's just going to continuously... The yeah, the foremilk. And the baby's not actually going to get to the hind milk. Yeah. So I found that keeping the babies on a rough two to three hour schedule, not too regimented, mm. but a rough sort of routine helped yeah. the baby to, to then be really hungry at every feed. So yeah. it's a small thing, but it mm. really helped me to just research and read up into it rather than play it by ear. Some people say your body will, you just know naturally what to do. I had no clue. I had no experience mm. with babies, so that yeah. helped me. Yeah, and 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 it, you know, again, uh, things like breast pumps, electric breast pumps, or manual breast mm. pumps—they're always good because uh, they can help 
the mom, especially when she's struggling with it. Hundred percent. Uh, if you do want yeah. to breastfeed, I would definitely say make sure you always try to have a bottle of expressed milk in the fridge. In the fridge, yeah. Because that would really help. Or you can even freeze them. You can even freeze. Yeah. yeah. So. That's, um, so that's something. Just some, they can have some practical uh, advice. Yeah, yeah. Breast, yeah. breast milk ice lollies, <laughs> which is nice. So. Um, um, yeah. Okay. So that, that's a very interesting topic. Um, uh, what was the next on the list, Rich? So the other thing which I wanted to talk about was so like we said how um, in certain cultures, Japan, Mexico, China, mm. of course India, Pakistan, where I visit every mm. year, alhamdulillah, they have really specific sort of postpartum practices for women, and the women are looked after. And you read a lot now. I've been reading a lot on uh, Facebook lately about how it takes a village to ra- raise a child, and there's a lot of people in the West who are lamenting that lack of village. So that's something interesting because I often reflect about this, you know. Would we be able to actually survive in a village? What? Yeah. yeah well, what is? <clears throat> what is a village? And yeah, well, I suppose this sort of touches back on what we were saying before, right? That we are more and more we're developing into nuclear families rather than these extended families that have always existed. Um, you know, uh, parents and children and you know siblings—they all live within one locality, and you just walk over to each other's houses. Yeah. Um, whereas now we're so distant, we're so—you know—most of us don't know our neighbors, let alone our family. You know, let alone uh, we—you know—let alone anything else. Yeah. So we have lost that. We have lost that. Can, yeah, we we have lost that, and even that support from the extended community that reliance on the extended community but that's also because we've become a community who just hates people prying into our business that's a good point because Um, we can't even though islamically there's very much a precedence of people correcting other people's faults and wrongs how many of us if we're corrected we would say it's my life don't judge me this is this is the catchphrase for i feel like for for us like don't judge don't judge other people which is true of course that has its own precedent in islam but 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 it becomes I think it's become a bit too overbearing. Where now you can't even give advice. No. Uh, and that's the other mistake that new parents make is they think they know it all from just reading, and they just don't want to take any advice from um, elders or from other people in the community. But I think you have to be a little bit you know have a little bit of a balance here because you have a lot to learn. We've learned a lot through the years. Of course. Of course. With each child, we've done things differently. We've relaxed a little bit more on certain things, and we know what to expect. Um, but yeah, I, I think that having that extended family definitely helps because that meant that you could leave a child with you know someone and just still lead your life in an, as much as a normal way as possible rather than now where we isolate ourselves so much that we also limit our lives on a day-to-day basis, yeah. that we limit uh, what we can do, uh, who we can meet, uh, how we can contribute to society. And that's that. I think that's detrimental. So, But the other you know the other side of things is that you have people already always in your business then that's how gossip spreads and you just can't trust you know humans to uh, uh to not gossip about your life so i you know that, so th- this is what i think yeah. do we really want to have a village and how beneficial was the village um Fragile. i yeah. i go to pakistan every year so and mm. i quote that quite often because i find it interesting to do my own anthropological studies just i love reflecting on different parenting practices and mainly for my own self-improvement so if i see different parenting practices i love to reflect on it and see what good can i take from that so in pakistan of course people still have well even in the uk people have extended families but more so I, i'd say in pakistan that nu- the nuclear family setup is less common there and um, i went to a wedding in pakistan a couple of years ago there's yeah. like a distant relative 
and she um one of the guests attending and her son was it was winter he was having a cold drink in winter now we don't ever do the no cold drinks in winter thing cuz yeah. you and Hiraz we both love our ice water so yeah. we don't have any sort of restrictions on yeah, cold yeah. drinks on kids but i know some people are very particular like but that's yeah that, that that's based on the whole myth that it causes colds and well yeah that's very well. much prevalent so. well you know i suppose there's some truth to that cuz cold causes you know it can make your asthma and eczema worse yeah. it can cause a bit of breathing difficulty yeah. so i can see where it comes yeah. from but anyway but so this yeah so this kid was having a cold drink and his mom was there his mom was fine with it she was sitting there she was chilled i think six or seven different aunties came up to this mother and shouted at her and said your kid is having a cold drink don't you know and the mother she looked so overwhelmed like one by one she had to answer each of those aunties and so that's what makes me think well how many of us would actually be able to survive with the village setup yeah. if you have people in your business constantly well i think we're just we're not as tolerant anymore of comments like that yeah as a, that's as a people true. as a people generally so uh yeah you're right and then that's the other problem when you have it's is a classical scenario of too many cooks spoil the broth right yeah. uh you have you only have one set of parents and i think you need to have one set of parents who make the calls uh, otherwise it gets confusing who do you listen to who calls the shots and that can be very challenging um but culturally I'm, i've seen that mothers who live in extended family setups they don't have authority over their own children no, it's the yeah. it's the grandparents and the uncles and aunties who have that ultimate say which i think islamically is wrong because ultimately it's the mother and father who yeah. who get the final say right yeah uh, it's it's a tricky ground though isn't it because it's not as clear cut in terms of uh, you know islam is very understanding of culture and of cultural course, hierarchies yeah. and things like that but it just leads to problems where um you know you might have a different approach to parenting than say an uncle or an auntie or wh- whatever it is and that can be challenging then so you do have to be a bit careful with that um well, i think but, times are changing yeah. some things for the good some things yeah, for the worse yeah. but in certain i mean there's a lot of things for example uh we have, because we have the internet we have google we can google everything yeah. and one auntie was once saying that her kids were googling what to what to wear they had a newborn and they were googling okay how many layers of clothes should i put on and the aunt, the, the grandmother was like you can just ask me why do you have to google these things mm. but we're so used to googling information every yeah. two minutes and we yeah and i think we have to reiterate we always think that we know better in every scenario than our uh, you know our elders and, and that's not true because that's of course true at all. they have experience on their side yeah they do they do and sometimes we have arrogance on our side so i agree um, of course so but yeah, at the same yeah. no but at the same time there's certain scientific things for example sugar is proven to be as you as a doctor you yeah, you know sugar yeah. is proven to be detrimental to children yeah. and this is something which i've uh, yeah i mean the older generation has no problem with stuffing a newborn with with sugar, sugar and yeah. with 3 months old they're getting fed all sorts of desserts and things and so mm. i had a, i have a major problem with that yeah because it's not good for their bodies but then their thing is well we fed our kids the same sugar thing. and they're they're yeah, turned fine. out fine is that's where then you are sort of clashing cultural and um sort of historical uh, and sort of mythical you know <laughs> yeah. legends and whatever has happened with with common you know with c- contemporary uh, scientific evidence yeah. and that becomes challenging you have to be very careful not to do that and that's difficult it's just a difficult situation because sometimes uh, people who've done things a certain way and have raised children in a certain way they don't want to admit they were ever doing anything wrong because yeah. that's a huge undermining of their techniques and of their course. brought up and 
fine. You know, that's absolutely fine. But I think there has to be that freedom to move in, the freedom to breathe, to do other things. So, yeah, well, interesting. Uh, I think uh, having an extended setup does help sometimes, especially if you want to go out. It's so easy to just leave a child with, yeah. with a set of parents. And that's great if you're able to do that uh, or with, you know, an uncle and auntie. That's good. Um, but at the same time, you, you do have these other challenges. So, yeah. Okay, so that's, you know, that's the extended family. But uh, what about the, the couple? How does um, the dynamic between a couple change from everything, you know, we've experienced, everything we've heard from external couples and that we've seen? Uh, what are the sort of salient points that we need to uh, sort of discuss and that people should be aware of? So as we mentioned in the last episode, it's important for the husband to have rahma on his wife. And actually some uh, women mentioned that when they were pregnant, their husband was was lovely to them and they had he had a lot of mercy on them and yeah. he could see that they were physically struggling. So he was they didn't have expectations. But I think what happens once a woman has a baby is that often a husband just expects her to just bounce back to reality now. You know, pregnancy is over, the holiday part is over, and now she has to just get on with things. And I think that's something which, uh, as we said, because of all the hormonal changes, it's very difficult. It's really, really difficult, especially if it's your first child, or even if you've got more children, it's really mm. difficult. So, Every time, it doesn't get easier. No. In fact, no. it might get you a little bit more challenging because you've got other toddlers other, to look yeah, after. Yeah, you've got other toddlers to look while after. You're after yeah. newborn. Um, so, and that was a challenge we experienced with you, Shah. Yes. Very challenging because you were you found that you're you know a lot more tired then uh, because absolutely. you still have Musa and Mariam to look after. Yeah, so there's no you uh, can't sleep when the baby yeah. sleeps because no. I had to homeschool when the baby sleeps. So so how how does a dynamic change as a couple in terms of like you know this is something that I suppose is very different from couple to couple. Um, for example, the night duties you know alhamdulillah, that was mostly you right. Yeah. The night duty was mostly you and that was. I think very individual to our relationship and our circumstances. Um, you know, I was working two jobs um, and uh, I commute hour, hour and a half each way every day. Yeah. Um, the only, you know, income, uh, you know, the support this family has. So if, uh, and, and I've previously had a car crash as well, sleeping on the wheel. So for me, I, I had to have that otherwise. And, and of course, the nature of my job is that I need to be alert or people will die on, on my watch. You know, the decisions I make, etc. Um, but that does not mean that is any less difficult for you. Um, but for us, that's a, the dynamic we had. And when I came back from work, I basically took over yeah. up until... Um, bedtime then. Until bedtime, until yeah. even, you know, they're in bed, whatever. That, that's, that's the sort of balance yeah. we had. Um, but, but I see course, a lot of fathers now yeah. are doing splitting the night yeah, duty even if they have duty, to go to yeah. work in the morning, yeah. which yeah. is impressive. Mashallah. Yeah, and so we see a lot of that as well, right? Um, so do you think that it's um, there's a certain gender role here, or do you think it's just very individual? Um, well, I think by nature, if you're breastfeeding, by the simple nature of breastfeeding, the mother is going to be more hands on, more hands on, and the key person in the baby's life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard women who who say that. You know, they, for example, you and I, when whenever we had newborns, we always slept in separate rooms. Yeah. Um, because, like, like I said, the babies would be up, and then you would yeah. have to go to work in the morning. So, yeah, on the weekdays we would just yeah. split up. It would yeah. just make sense. But I've heard women say that they would never allow that because they're like, if I'm up at night, why should mm. my husband get to sleep? And I, I mean. It's one thing if you're really, really struggling, and there've yeah. been times when I'm, I'm like I I cannot deal, yeah. and I'm seriously like I just need some sleep, and I would wake yeah. you up. Yeah. But that was probably like what two, three times. In, yeah, uh, yeah. You know. But we yeah. but alhamdulillah weekends you you take the baby, yeah. so uh, I'll give, give you credit. Then I get my sleep on the weekends. But I've heard some women who just to spite their husbands, they're saying, well, if I'm up at night, then you should also be up at night. Yeah. So we just have to stay in the same room. And too bad if you have work in the morning. And I think 
the nature of motherhood is such that you have to understand that you will be making more sacrifices with a newborn and with children generally, don't you think? And rather yeah, than I the mean, father makes his own type of sacrifices, but a yeah. mother should not expect it. It shouldn't be this 50, 50 thing that if I'm up at night, you're up at night. Yeah. I, I think the problem with modern day relationships is that that Rahma, that mercy has gone. So it's become very much like mm, I did this. So you, you do this. You know, I, I washed the clothes today. You have to wash the clothes tomorrow. That giving nature in a relationship has completely disappeared. And I think that's why we're finding so many relationships are failing. It's very much, you know, um, uh, well, I know the Urdu phrase "tu tu me me." You know, like I don't know, like it's 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 not a team. It's um, it's almost like a like a contractual obligation that uh, it has to be equal in absolutely every single way. See, I would um, disagree with you totally yeah, because on, I would say I would totally disagree. I would say now more than ever we have Rahma in relationships because, as we said, husbands now are more hands on than ever. I think. No, but we're talking about this circumstance. That, that, no, that's true, and that's great. And that's but, great. And I but would I'm say, talking about this point. I'm talking about the point where you say, "Well, I was up, so you have to be up." I've seen that as well yeah but and i'm talking I, about that element there's yeah. nothing wrong with you know this is beautiful that is going the other way with you know i, I um, think there's more teamwork yeah. than ever now between spouses because for example if you go to a restaurant now you look you know 90 percent of cases i've Both seen are, yeah, yeah the husband if you yeah. have two kids one kid is with the husband one kid is with the mother yeah. and that just makes sense you're dividing responsibilities whereas yeah, yeah. previous generations you know growing up all the women yeah. would keep all the kids and the men would just eat in peace and yeah, how does yeah. that make sense like you know yeah, yeah. no absolutely i completely no i completely i completely so agree. i think i, yeah. I would say the relationships now are more based on teamwork than ever but we do have also also have the elements of but i'm yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about that element I'm, I'm just referring to the example that you gave about yeah. about you know that oh well i've been up so you've been up or if i've done this you should do this i think every couple is every individual. couple is different they'll work out their own dynamics. they work out their own time exactly but i think if you go into a relationship expecting a dynamic uh, from the start then that creates problems because you don't know what the dynamics are going to be you don't know how things are going to be different yeah. um, you know we you know we know people who are basically work at home people you know and that's fine if you're working at home and you don't have to go anywhere then I can see and they're both working then I can see how you have to divide it because yeah. ultimately you know it is what it is um, it's individual to each thing I mean like you said yeah. as a doctor you need to have had your sleep at night otherwise you could kill yeah. people so yeah, yeah well so. exactly so so no I, I appreciate that but at the same time uh, I personally think that there is no way that uh you know, the Prophet Muhammad says some hadith was that, uh, you know, who should I love more, you know, is, is the mother, mother, mother than father. Yeah. And I, I purely think that's being attributed to, not, firstly, the nine months that she's she's bore uh, the child. Of course. Nothing is comparable to that, full stop. Yeah. But also the fact that, um, well, here's a question, going back just to that. Um, well, also because of the, the sort of the mother... Uh, and the sacrifices the, the sacrifices makes, yeah exactly exactly the and sometimes and then yeah um, you know when a child cries when a child cries a mother's breast automatically leaks milk yeah it's this is a natural this is a natural rahmah that emanates from women a natural rahmah but then there's a different type of rahma in terms of a person's personality, right? Yeah. Because we had this discussion before. We were discussing and we were saying, well, actually, who has more mercy? Who has more mercy on a child? A father or a mother? Father and a mother. Um, do you think that women have a natural predisposition to have more mercy towards a child? Some women. Yeah. I mean, some. Can we generalize that? Maybe we can generalize that and say that most women have more mercy towards children. I don't than, know. Maybe not. But I don't know. The thing is, it's controversial to, it's, yeah, to it's generalize anything, yeah, it's, any, anything nowadays. Um, you know, the, even the, the 
even the constitutional biology of men and women and what it means is all being debated right now. Yeah. The role of testosterone and all these sort of things, yeah. you know, it doesn't make any difference. Um, and often what ends up happening is these hormonal differences, they just try to use to explain away a man's, man's anger, you yeah. know, which is totally incorrect. And because we know that Prophet Muhammad was the most merciful. Of course. And a man is the most merciful of all mankind. Right, Prophet was the yeah, greatest yeah. mercy to all yeah, mankind. He was, he was. So, so, uh, so that doesn't mean that a man cannot be more merciful or, yeah. or, or, or whatever it is. But I think there is definitely that mercy there because there's a part of a woman's biology which automatically grants a little bit of that. Rahma. Yeah. Um, but of course, in terms of personality, that's a different that's thing. Different. Some women are more aloof. Yeah. They're like I don't care about you know I don't you know. And but some the, men are more hands-on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we just talk about the way they are, not in terms of. You know, we're not talking about postpartum yeah. depression or anything, but I'm just saying in terms of the, the personalities. So I think that's for every couple to work out their own dynamic. Mm, yeah, which but, is interesting. Yeah. But I definitely think one of the, the pitfalls in the first sort of months after a baby is born is it becomes a war between husband and wife of who's more tired. So the woman is exhausted because she's got kids at home. And this is, mm. we're talking about the first year. Mm. Which she's on woman, ma- if she's, yeah, on, if, if she's on maternity yeah. leave, for example. And, uh, you know, she's exhausted and then the husband comes home and he's exhausted. And it's, it's difficult. And I would, again, advocate from both sides there to be understanding, for there to be mercy. And, yeah, yeah to just understanding, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think if you turn it into a competition, then you're going to... It's not going to work, yeah. That, that's, where you, that's where the problem starts, yeah. right? Is when you, when you turn it into a competition. Um, because how do you equate it? How do you equate a day at home? Like, we were discussing this as well once, remember? How could we equate um, a day at home f- for a mum and a newborn versus maybe, um, a, you know, uh, a spouse who's out... Or a husband who's out. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the maternity leave period yeah. now. Who's out working maybe, a, you know, a 10-hour, 11-hour day. How do you equate the tiredness levels of that? You but a know. mother, for example, as I always say to you, you get lunch breaks. You get bathroom mm, breaks. A yeah. mother, if she's at home mm. with young children, she doesn't get a bathroom break. She doesn't get a but coffee you, break. You're, 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 making the, you're doing the competition now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's true. I know. But, but then, you know, what people could argue who go to work is, um, what about the mental fatigue? Or what if they've got other issues at work? That Yeah, goes... but the mental fatigue of being with toddlers all day, it drives you insane. You actually because well, what, what about the mental fatigue of maybe uh, work workplace pressures or uh, or racism or um, you know just no, that's fair me- enough, meeting but, ends meet. But you know, the majority of mums I've spoken to who go to work, they say that is by far easier than staying at home with a baby because at work you get that company, you get adult conversation. At home, you just you're isolated. You're isolated, yeah, and yeah, you're just you, absolutely. and you've got kids, and there's absolutely. no break. So I would yeah. you know argue both husband and wife have different levels of tiredness and it has to be understood yeah you know ultimately we're just playing devil's advocate here and um i don't think alhamdulillah between us i've never once said i'm more tired than you no i think I, I, i've never I, I think you've always been more tired and i did, i wouldn't even that's, dare that's raise that as a question i haven't slept in like i know God since knows what 2012 long. i think i know mashallah um uh, and you know, so I, I wouldn't even dare say that, even though uh, I feel exhausted <laughs> a lot of the <laughs> yeah. times, no matter what. Because um, even though when I'm home on the weekend, then I then I'm up with the kids uh, yeah. when I can. But we even then, we, you know, we we try and take shifts. Help each, you have yeah, to take, take shifts. shifts for naps. You have to, yeah, exactly. You have to start doing that. Um, but everyone has their own dynamic, and 
Uh, again, it really depends on your individual situation, yeah. you know, and our situation is unique to us. So Alhamdulillah, fine, why, you know, this is what works for us. But it doesn't mean that we have to then start saying that, oh, if you do this, then you're a misogynist or you're a patriarch. Or, yeah. or on, the, on the other end of the spectrum, say that, oh, you're an oppressive woman or you're someone who just yeah. likes to, um, you're, you know, one of the modern day girls who sort of just The amount of the times I've heard to say that yeah. women today oppress the men yeah. because they make the men go to work and then come back and then look after the children. But again, but, that's, but you're the father, right? Right? Yeah, that's your, so that's that's your, your role. It's your, it's your yeah. role. Uh, like we said in the last episode, that your role starts when you come home. Yeah. Um, uh, and I can't imagine it. I mean, I, I can't imagine not caring for my child as uh, differently to how you would. Like, if my child's hungry, yeah. <laughs> I feel really weird that I am not able to feed my child. If my child needs a change in nappies, then I feel really weird that I'm not able to do that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, but again, this comes down to, to, to brought up and to what you expect as, um, you know, in, in a standard household. And that's changing a lot and for the better, like you said. Yeah. I think uh, definitely that, that, that's true. This is a long episode, mashallah. Yeah, we're down to 43, wow. 43 <laughs> minutes. That's okay. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a, a lot to discuss. There is a lot to discuss. And I think we're just touching on a couple of things here. Yeah. Um, but of course, then the other thing is like, you know, husband and wife time, you've got another being now who's in between oh, yeah. <laughs> um who you know when i used to come near you some of our children used to just get you know uh, yeah. push us away <laughs> yeah. you know it's like it's interesting because then there, there's that jealousy yeah. that comes into it as well which is which is amazing and you've got somebody something else and somebody else to look after is you know you're one person you've got one life one set of attention span and one t- 24 hours to live yeah. through you got to divide it now. Like, I'm struggling now. Yeah. Like, it's so hard. I've got, like, mashallah, you and three kids. And that's, like, wow, man, how do you give uh, enough There's time to There's only 24 everybody? hours in the day. So. Yeah, uh, exactly. And then, um, and uh, on, on top of that, you know, when you're doing an extra degree, I'm doing an extra degree and doing two jobs. And, yeah. doing and then on top of that, you, you think, oh, my God, you know, how, how are you supposed to do that? But... Allah puts barakah in Allah your time. Allah puts barakah in your time, exactly. And uh, I think it's important to be close to your kids from from that side of things. So, uh, but you have to make sure you try not to neglect, you know, your spouse as much as you as much as you can. Inshallah. Of course. But, uh, alhamdulillah. Another uh, another important issue, of course, is uh, weight gain. Yes, the, the, or, la- the last yeah. thing, which is getting to be a long episode, yeah. mashallah. The last thing which I wanted to mention was: can we please, as a society, stop fat shaming pregnant women? I mean, the amount of times I was told. When I was pregnant, that you've gained weight, you're so fat. Not by me, though. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's just clarify this for the listeners, <laughs> no. right? Uh, I did not once say that. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, never. Even when I was like, you know, nine Twice months. Away. Yeah, no, never. But can we stop? I mean, a pregnant woman is not fat. She's just gained weight because she's pregnant. Like she's healthy. Okay. <laughs> no, seriously, it can it can really have severe implications yeah, yeah. for a woman's mental health and yeah. if you if a woman has gained weight in her pregnancy do you not think that she doesn't know that already yeah, yeah. we shouldn't we shouldn't fat shame anyone first of all as, as a society this is yeah full stop pregnant full, full or not stop. Yeah. yes pregnant or not we shouldn't ever comment on anyone's weight um this is something which i speak to Musa and Mariam about and i'd like to do an episode about this actually mm. inshallah later on when we delve into some of the juicy issues about parenting mm. but just don't comment on anyone's body and don't tell a pregnant woman that she's fat mm. and something which um, i was really unprepared for when Musa was born first uh, pregnancy when you give birth 
for the next couple of weeks, you're still going to look pregnant. Like it takes a lot of time in a lot of cases for the weight to go. Mm. And that shocked me because I thought, okay, once the baby's out, then I'll just be back to normal. Mm. And it took several months to lose weight. And that's something which really upset me. And it contributed to some of the sort of mental struggles in the first mm. couple of weeks and months. So mm. yeah, just be aware that it's going to take time to... And you have like, you know, you you have like loose skin. and Yeah. You know, because obviously your tummy was distended for so long. Mm. But of course, then you have some women who, mashallah, don't get anyway of course yeah and you gotta be careful with even because we see some celebrities now right oh yeah who like the celebrity accounts who are pregnant and you can't tell they're pregnant and they flaunt it yeah um that's not compare yeah let's not look at pregnant celebrities yeah and and i think men have to be particularly understanding that that's the case you know and um be careful not to make comments uh because yeah it's part of it's part of life it's part of pregnancy and that's part of the glamour of marriage that no one will ever tell you no uh because marriage you know the interesting thing about marriage and about love stories is they always finish at the at marriage right yeah. um and you never you never see the life after that and um you know weight, weight gain from, side, yeah. you don't see the ugly side and weight gain is something which uh, happens anyway for desi men right <laughs> yeah. so that's the natural thing at the moment is something in the power of the nikah recital <laughs> that boom like you're sitting there and almost you know during your nikah you gain 10 inches on your waist <laughs> but um, but uh, there's no way obviously comparable to you know to what women go through in pregnancy and that can be very challenging and then losing that weight afterwards yeah um, on top of comments and things, it, it doesn't help. And it just takes one person to see like, uh, you know, you know how, yeah. how, how, look how fat you've become to completely destroy them mentally and, and psychologically, Absolutely. emotionally. So I think as a society, we have to be very careful about the whole physical side of things. Um, and, you know, your, your whole body changes, right? And there was a sheikh who was saying actually once a man said to the sheikh that I want to divorce my wife because I'm not attracted to her anymore. And the sheikh said, you know, he uh, probed into this and the man said she had a baby two months ago. And the sheikh was like, your wife gave birth two months ago and you're saying you're not attracted to her. I mean, what what do you, what do you expect? Like, yeah. her, you know, you have to give her time. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, this would... These are the realities of marriage. And if you don't bring these issues up and if you don't educate your sons on these things, then they will never know what to expect either. Yeah. So that's why it's important that they are aware of these things. Uh, and I, say, I mean, that goes back to what we're talking about, like, for example, periods, right? Yeah. If your son doesn't even know what a period is, that cycle of ignorance is just going to yeah. just return when, when he gets married. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Alhamdulillah. So I think that's an interesting uh, end to this uh, long podcast yeah. episode. Alhamdulillah. Uh, reaching just at 50 minutes. Uh, so, uh, what did you think? Let us know. Let us know your comments. Uh, there's so much to discuss here. Um, I'm sure many of you are shouting at us and thinking like, "What you guys are just? What are you guys talking about? That's ridiculous." <laughs> some of you probably nodding your head and be like, mm, "That makes sense. That makes sense." Or some of you criticizing, you know, the way we do things. Whatever it is, it's fine. Let us know. Um, yeah, we'd love to know your uh, opinions. You know, there's certain. At the end of the day, we're Raz and Ridge. We are human. We made mistakes first time around. We continue to make mistakes yeah. even the third time around. You know, it's uh, it's just part of being a parent and. Uh, again, one of the reasons we started this podcast is so we could improve in our um, Yeah, it's for us to parenting. do self-reflection yeah. as well. Exactly. And for you guys to learn as well from our mistakes or from yeah. our experiences um, and hopefully change the world a little bit in, the, in, the, in, in, that, in that time period. So please drop your comments. Follow us on uh, Instagram. That's the only way to get... We're trying to keep it simple. The only way to get in touch with us is go on Instagram, follow us on Raz and Ridge, R-A-Z-A-N-D-R-E-J. And remember to DM us with your comments, your questions, your suggestions. Uh, and as always... Thank you for listening to the Raj and Riz show. This is Raz. This is Ridge. And we're signing out. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.